Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. Of course, I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, along with my guy, Cordell Woodland. Cordell is now the new host from 7 to 10 on 105.7. So in addition to listening to Winning Drive, you can hear him with Shaking Up Sports from 7 to 10 uh, on 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. Congratulations, Cordell. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Uh a lot more Ravens talk, a lot more sports talk in general uh, from from me. So if you like hearing me talk sports, you get a lot, a lot more of that for sure. So this is the part where it starts to get a little bit murky, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the part that I really start to hate. Um, if you're a fan of Hard Knocks, this used to be the hardest part to, for me to watch because I can't watch people's dreams die. I'm just not a huge fan of this. But the first cuts um, have been made. And it feels like this is different from years past. They're doing five today. And then is it five more? Cordell? Five more the- next week to get to uh, 80. We got the 85 this week uh, with the cuts on Tuesday. And then we get to 80 uh, next Tuesday. Okay. So um, it feels a little dip- a bit different from what years past, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing it differently. Um, and coach talked about that um, or, or didn't. Um, in his presser uh, at Monday's practice, he said he had no comment about it. Uh, right. So apparently he does have a comment about it. He just don't want to say it. <laughs> I completely understand, Coach. Yeah. Don't get fined for having thoughts, okay? Right. So, so the names that, that – the first set of names that were cut um, was quarterback Brett Hundley, um, Clement running back, uh, Robert Jackson, cornerback, uh, Devon Williams – wide receiver and um the last cornerback Denzel Williams Denzel Williams I was about to say I know I, I knew it was Williams but Denzel Williams um which guy Cordell do you think is the most surprising because I think there's a couple of names that most people aren't familiar with mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you know okay well I, I wasn't really familiar with that guy anyway clearly right. I just forgot Denzel's first name so <laughs> there's that but there's a couple of guys whose names, you know, you do know that were cut. So which one um, to you were the most surprising? 
Well, I, I think all of these guys that were cut, I, I never really had the idea that these guys were going to necessarily crack the 53-man roster. So I'm not really surprised in that sense. But as far as guys being cut this early, uh, Corey Clement definitely was kind of a surprise to me. Harbs, every time we talk to Harbs about Corey Clement, he was really high on him. And um, it was kind of telling to see uh, the preseason game against the Titans. That kind of right there can let you know what you can look forward to. Corey Clement was the last running back out in that game. So, you know, that kind of lets you know he's probably the guy that's on the bubble, at least in that running backs group right. uh, at that moment. So I was kind of surprised to see Corey Clement let go this early. Um, I, I didn't think he was terrible. Uh, in camp, but I didn't, you know, I've talked about this past preseason game quite a bit, and we talked about it on the last episode, Rita. I didn't really believe that any of the running backs had did anything outstanding to the point to where they have separated themselves uh, from the pack. So I thought everybody was kind of, I mean, there's some guys that I think are ahead of others. I think clearly Mike Davis is in the lead right now. I mean, and this is obviously assuming J.K. Dobbins isn't going to be ready for week one. We're talking about guys that are healthy at this very moment. So Mike Davis is a guy that I think right now is in the lead, um, and that was clear. He got the start in the preseason game. I think Tyler Beatty is right behind him, and he's really the pick for me as far as who I think is the best uh, running back in this group. But, yeah, Clement was definitely a surprise. I think he. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of pick back up uh, at some point, maybe not obviously right away as teams are making their cuts, right. but as we get to, you know, at the end of preseason and everything and teams start reevaluating, a lot of injuries will pile up at that point. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of snagged up, if nothing else, to be on somebody's practice squad. Brett Hundley is another one. I'm not surprised Brett Hundley was let go because I thought Brett Hundley was easily the worst of the four quarterbacks they had on the team. Yeah. Um, and that was shown again in the preseason game. And if you've been out to practice, which me and Rita both have, um, it's not hard to see that he's the, the weakest link out of the four quarterbacks they have. I am kind of surprised that they let him go on the first cut though, because right. I don't expect to see Lamar death. I don't expect to see Lamar in there play the game in Arizona. I don't really expect to see Lamar play at all this preseason. Um, so we saw Tyler Huntley get the first half in the Titans game. Um, so now with, Anthony Brown being the third guy, I would imagine it's going to be Tyler Huntley for a half and Anthony Brown uh, for the next half. And I, honestly, I've been impressed with Anthony Brown. I, I, I really think he's gotten better from where we saw him in rookie minicamp. I can honestly say he is uh, miles better than he was when we first saw him when uh, rookie minicamp started to where he is today. Definitely a better passer of the ball. He's a guy that clearly has more of an understanding of this offense and Brett Hundley simply just couldn't keep up. And it's not like Anthony Brown is doing anything extravagant to necessarily wow you, but it's, I, I just felt like Brett Hundley wasn't able to do the bare minimum to hang around. So he yeah. wasn't at practice on Tuesday and that was kind of a, a telling sign that Brett Hundley might be one of the guys cut and sure enough he was. Yeah, I think I'm a little confused. I'm with you on the, the Brett Hundley situation because it does feel like a premature cut in the sense that we know Lamar is not going to play. So there's going to be three quarterbacks, I would think, that would play mm -hmm. in the preseason. And Lamar is not going to be one of those guys. So why now? We know he's not going to make the roster, right? Like, I don't think that that's an issue. But mm -hmm. the issue is, are you just content on playing 
Huntley and then playing Brown and that's it. It 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 feels particularly if if one of these guys and it's probably Huntley, right? Is going to be your backup. So right. why would you want to give that guy so many snaps in preseason? And I understand that, you know, pre you know, obviously snaps go up as the games go up back in the day, you know, it was like the second game, um, you know, starting quarterbacks would do uh, maybe a quarter, yeah. a little bit over a quarter. The third preseason game, you'd see starting teams do a half. But that's that's the thing. It's only three preseason games now. Right. And most teams are not even playing their best players anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm confused as to why Huntley was the first to let go in the first set of cuts to let go because you're happy with just playing Huntley and Brown. And one of those guys is going to be the backup. So yeah. you know, it feels very risky, um, you know, and I could be wrong there, but it's not to, to your point. I mean, Tyler Huntley was suffering from shoulder tendonitis uh, to start many. I think it was mini camp because he did all the throwing in OTA. So Tyler Huntley really didn't. I don't think he threw at all. I have to check my notes, but I don't believe he threw at all during mini camp and even to start training camp. Uh, he wasn't necessarily getting all the full second team reps that he would normally get because he's still recovering from that tendonitis. And you saw, you know, when I remember you first came out to the practices and you were talking about the way Huntley looked, uh, Tyler Huntley throwing the ball at the time. And that was when he was still, I think, trying to find his way back from that shoulder tendonitis. And you look at him now, I mean, he's definitely throwing the ball much better. Yeah, right from now. the time uh, that I said that to you. Right. In the in the beginning to now, right. he does look more comfortable. I mm-hmm. will agree with you in that. Yeah, and I I just think honestly, like when we're talking about Brett Hundley, may maybe getting. I think we both thought that he would get cut, but again, I think it's more so the fact that he was a part of the first round of cuts, and right. I think it just honestly got to the point to where the dude wasn't doing anything that made you believe you need to continue to get because these guys are getting paid you know to be out there right now they right they, they have to pay these guys every every day that they're on the roster and i think it got to the point to where brad hundley was literally just showing up and is physically there but is literally not doing anything i mean i'm talking about a <laughs> bare minimum of being a nfl quarterback and we're talking about a guy competing for third or fourth string and he, he just really wasn't fitting the building. I'm not trying to rip the guy to shreds, but I'm just being Feels real like on it. what I saw. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just being real on what I saw. You know okay. what I mean? Like, the dude is out there. He, he couldn't make a lot of the passes. He couldn't really get the snaps. And you watch him, and it's like, even on the time, he looks confused. He looked lost quite a few times. And I think it showed up in the preseason game. And then after the preseason game, we saw a couple of practices after that and it just didn't look like this was a guy that was trying to get better out there yeah and i think that the ravens just decided that this is somebody that they don't feel the need to have on their roster any longer than they have to and they cut the cord and the thing is is like we know john harbaugh is all about effort right like you gotta put in the effort even if you're not doing too well right. he will at least want you to show up so if you right. if, if he's not showing up if he feels like uh brett huntley wasn't showing up that's probably why he was mm-hmm. the first to go because yes. he said, okay, well, look, you don't want to be here as much as we don't want you here. So go ahead right. and go find yourself a new home or whatever. I think Clement for me, 
was a surprise, but not really, because at the Monday practice, I noticed that he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. that was um, a thing. Like, I think we all noticed he was the only running back that was not out there. Right. So I think that that was an indication to me that something was going on, whether it was a health issue or whether he was not going to make the roster. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me on Monday. Let me say mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and, and it wasn't a surprise to me today because of his absence on Monday. I think it's a surprise to me generally from the fact that you still have wire, uh, skill, excuse me, you still have running backs that are trying to get back to 100 percent and you still need depth at the running back right. position. So I think in that regard, um, it was a shock to me. The other three guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I, Yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, yeah, maybe I you mean, have some better insight on it than me, but it's kind of yeah. like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, Robert Jackson was a cornerback that they literally signed off the street last year. And if anybody remembers that game against the Packers last year where Robert Jackson was forced to kind of be the guy to go or try to guard Devontae Adams, it didn't it didn't bode well for him. And there's <laughs> no fault of his. I mean, he had right. no business being out there in the first place. We're talking about a guy who's probably the best receiver in football um, that he had to go up against. So. Uh, Robert Jackson was a guy that, again, like you said, I wasn't necessarily surprised to see him go. Devin Williams, um, he's another one. He was actually a guy that I was expecting to be a bubble guy when I watched him in minicamp. I liked him in Oregon, and I thought he had a pretty good rookie minicamp. But as we got close, you know, further into camp and minicamp and now training camp, Devin Williams was piling up on the absences. He wasn't really at practice a lot. So if you're not going to show up to practice, as an undrafted rookie free agent, I mean, you really don't stand much of a chance to to make this team. And even I mean, in the preseason game, cars down the street if you're not interested. I mean, I mean hey, you know, it, it's, it's some insurance. You know, it's, it's a lot of other things you can do. And he he showed <laughs> how he showed you know his disinterest. I guess. And if anybody remembers, Devin Williams was initially right before camp started. He was put on the uh, did not show up list. Yep. Um. And and then about a day or two later, the Ravens ended up activating him back on the active roster and he was back on the roster for tra- in time for training camp but then even once training camp started he wasn't consistently out there at practice so again like if you're an undrafted rookie free agent and you're barely showing up to practice he barely played I don't I didn't recognize him at all in the preseason game you know it that kind of was the writing on the wall for him and Denzel Williams same thing I mean he you know these are guys that didn't fl- barely flash at all, if at all, uh, in the their limited opportunities this far in training camp. So I'm not really uh, surprised to see any of these guys go. So obviously there's another set of, of cuts that are coming, um, another set of five. If you had to choose your next five, Cordell, who do you believe is next in line? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be tough because, you know, it's starting to get to the point to where, you're going to have to go to some areas that you may not have guys fully healthy in just yet. And I'm talking about the linebacker crew, the tackles, and the running backs, even the receivers. So I'll start with Christian Welch. Uh, I I don't have any heavy detail to go into about Christian Welch because I'm pretty (laughs) sure most people don't know who that is. And this, this is a guy who hasn't really done anything to this point in camp, but he is a linebacker and he's honestly just a guy to this point. He a body, uh, basically. He a body. Yeah. Now, okay. Diego uh, Fago 
uh, Fago, uh, the linebacker from Navy. Um, he's a guy people may recognize his name, so to speak, but you won't recognize him on the field necessarily. He was a big-time player at Navy, but to this point in camp, he's he just hasn't flashed to me at all. Like, if you're getting cut in the first wave or the second wave, we're talking about guys that have made little to no impact to this point in camp and in the games. Okay. So Diego Fago is one of the guys that I'm going to add to that list. He and Christian Welton. You know, I, it was tough because you look at what they're dealing with at the linebacker position. They, they're, they're looking to get healthier there. Um, but I think that these two guys, when I look at what they currently have right now, as far as active guys, I think that they could play. Because this is this these next cuts aren't going to be until after the Arizona game. So it'll only be one more preseason game. So right. I have to, I'm taking into account them having enough depth to be able to get through that last preseason game with backups and not their starters. Okay, so I now they could do without those two. Now, one guy that you have on the list that I, I feel like maybe some people might feel some type of way because I remember last year people mm -hmm. were riding. They they really liked this guy, and he got picked up, I believe, by the Broncos. Is um, Nate McCrary the running mm -hmm. back? So you believe that he's next on the list? Why are we? Why do we continue to do this? I mean, I'm assuming he potentially is another practice squad player. Potentially. But, you know, like they brought him back here, obviously came back. And mm -hmm. then now it's only to, it's to to assume that he may be cut down again. Yeah, I, I think I think Nate McCrary being cut is all but inevitable. But will he be cut on the second way? Maybe this is a little too early for him to be cut. But as I look at the roster again, and, and I have to take into account how many players they have at each position to be able to get through that last preseason game and also to carry into the season and I look at that running back room and I see Mike Davis I see Tyler uh, Beatty uh, I see Justice Hill those three guys to me are all but locks to make this team um, and I think Justice Hill's ability to help on special teams kind of negates what Nate McCrary can give you uh, because he's not really going to be – Nate McCray's not going to be a guy that they involve in the offense. Let's just be real. And the only way he would really be able to consistently get on the field would be through special teams, but that's what Justice Hill uh, does. So what what do we have Nate McCray for at that point? I mean, he had the decent – he had a pretty good carry uh, in, the pre, in the Titans game. I think he had the longest rush of the night for the Ravens in that game. But uh, he's another guy that just hasn't flashed enough to me to this point in camp and I, I think running back is obviously a, a position that they're kind of getting slim at with J.K. Dobbins working his way back right now but Gus Edwards looking like he's not even close uh, to being back but Nate McCrary is a guy that I think will be on the outside looking in when we get to this next wave of cuts um, Jared Jones Smith another tackle I don't think I don't know how many how much people know about this guy uh, he wears number 61. But if you've been to any Ravens camp to this point as a fan or as a reporter, I promise you, you have seen number 61 running laps out there. And that is because he's constantly getting false start penalties. The dude every day is going to get you at least one false start. Hey man, hey man, look, we already look, we already deal with enough illegal formation exactly. on a regular basis. We don't need nobody coming no. in here with the false start. I was no. just getting ready to even try to make a, a a case for him from in terms of depth, right? But if you're telling me that this dude is get out here running laps yeah. for false starts, never mind. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and the depth is a, is a solid question to ask because obviously we know that, especially at the left tackle spot, yep. it's slim to none over there right now with everybody still waiting for Ronnie Stanley to get right. back. So, right. I mean, that's definitely a situation to watch. But as I look at him, and you want to have enough linemen to kind of last you through the preseason, but with them only going to have one more preseason game after this next round of cuts, I think that they could get through that last preseason game uh, without Jones Smith over there at tackle getting called for holding calls or false start calls because I know it's driving them crazy because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and the last person I had on my list is is Riley Webb. Uh, and this is, you know, he had the big catch in the preseason game. He only had one catch, and I think it went for about 37 yards. And it was a pretty good play. Got some separation down the field, made the catch. That was good to see. Where's number 11? Um, but Riley Webb is when you watch him in camp and I'm watching him on a daily basis, he just doesn't do it for me. I don't see him get much separation out there. I don't see him making the plays that some of the other wide receivers are making, like Shamar Bridges right. or uh, or even a uh, Slade Bolden and guys like that. So, I mean, I look at those, this wide receiver group and again, we're talking about them just being able to sustain one more preseason game. I think they could get through another preseason game without Riley Webb. Uh, being a part of this roster okay and so you know obviously the next round of cuts are what day tuesday tuesday okay. at four o'clock okay so we'll get we'll understand after the second preseason game obviously the ravens play in arizona this weekend so after the second preseason game we'll know more about who's next in line so we'll see how many of these guys are the right. guys that Cordell have in mind? And, and I'll even throw a bonus one out there as an okay. honorable mention. I don't think he'll get cut because he's a veteran. At the, I think he'll get cut eventually, uh, but I don't know if he'll get cut on the second wave because he's a veteran. But Kyle Fuller, if it was up to me, Kyle Fuller would be cut. Listen, I'm, hey, man, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the back of Kyle Fuller's uh, jersey. Okay, listen, <laughs> I am tired of seeing this young man get beaten practice by wide receivers, Constantly. by tight ends, it doesn't matter. Nope. So, you know, look, I understand the situation. You want to just add a little bit of depth. He ain't going to help you. No, let's, he's let's not. Let's move on. Let's move along. And look, let's get this over and done with, quite no. frankly. Don't don't even, like, elongate this whole thing. Yeah. Just move on. That's where I'm at it with it. It ain't going to work. Okay? Yep. I don't know who is listening out there in Ravens land. It ain't gonna work okay <laughs> i'm gonna tell you now it ain't gonna work okay so just go ahead and cut your losses and be done with the whole situation yeah old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Before we get into our next topic, remember to subscribe to Women Drive. Yep. Ever, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, yep. Apple, SoundCloud, whatever you are, we are there. And make sure that you download them and take a listen. We're here two days a week. Okay. Next up. Defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, on Monday, we heard from Travis Jones as well as Calais Campbell, mm-hmm. and um, I love the athleticism of Travis Jones, Cordell. I think that this kid really has the potential to be a, a disrupt figure on the defensive line. Calais Campbell also had really nice things to say about Travis Jones as well. And you can tell that guys um, really like what he's been doing and him himself, you know, he, he, he prides on his athletic ability. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he has a little bit of speed with him as well. We saw him try to chase down uh, Huntley in practice, yeah, uh, which was pretty funny, but you know, quite frankly, he stayed with it. Oh yeah, you know? and I, I have nothing but respect for that. But the defeat, the defensive line, to me, um, is the biggest question mark that I have in terms of penetration, mm-hmm. how they're going to do um, with the pass rush. And I do believe that Travis Jones helps the interior part of the defensive line. But I just want to know your thoughts on this defensive line. Do you like what you see so far? Is there things that they can work on? Uh, we didn't see Calais at, at, in practice, but he's a veteran. We right. know he gets bad days. And he looks a little slim, too. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it looks like he, he's done something oh, different. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a couple of these, you get to training camp, you come in at a certain weight, and, you know, training camp, throughout the course of training camp, you're going to burn some of that off. That's true. You know, so I, I think some of these guys come with that idea, knowing, you know, I could come in not necessarily heavy and out of shape because, of course, they got to pass that conditioning test. Exactly. Um, but they come in knowing that they can come in a little heavier, expecting to drop some of that weight throughout the course of camp. But yeah, I mean, Calais was Calais was back in practice uh, on Tuesday. Definitely good to see. I think a couple of guys got the vet day on Monday, like you mentioned, Calais yeah. being one of them. Um, but yeah, this defensive line is actually uh, impressing me a little bit as I continue to watch them day by day. And obviously, like you said, the big thing is going to be, can they consistently get pressure on the quarterback? And one thing for certain is when you look at this defensive line, they're big. It, it, I mean, right. it's, it's a bunch of big body guys. We already know how big Calais is. Yep. Uh, Brent Urban, yep. another big guy. Michael Pierce, another big guy. Travis Jones, another big guy. Justin Matter, BK. He's not the biggest guy, but for his size, he is. He's still a sturdy guy and very athletic uh, for his frame as well. And not to mention guys like Broderick Washington and others 
that are also big fellas in the interior uh, of that line. So I, I, I do expect that this defensive line, we, we know what they are when it comes to stopping the run. The Ravens are one of the best run-stopping teams. And they've shown football. that in camp as yep. well. So they've, they've done a really good job yep. in camp of stopping the run. I just want to, you know, elaborate on that yeah. part. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's their calling card. You bring yep. back Michael Pierce. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a run-stopping expert. Uh, Calais Campbell, especially at this point of his career, Calais used to be a guy that was, you know, a, a all-around guy. He's obviously great in the run stopping, but Calais used to be a beast as a pass rusher as well. Of course, now in his later stages of his career, pass rushing isn't necessarily his greatest asset. He can still get there. Don't don't get it twisted. Uh, but that's not necessarily, I think, what uh, the Ravens are hoping for when it comes to him. If he gets there, great. But I, I don't think that's his calling card anymore. And that's okay because they have a nice mix on this D-line of veterans and young guys yes. uh, on it. And I, and I think it's a it's a perfect mix. And I and I, I mean, I know that these guys are outside linebackers, but I even throw guys like Justin Houston and Adafi Owe into this mix because they're all lined up on the line of scrimmage together. Yep. And they all, you know, they all move in unison with one another. So I am expecting big things. From this defensive line, again, we know that what they can do in the run run game, but I think in the pass rush, I think we are going to be able to see them get more pressure up the middle. And any quarterback can tell you, man, quarterbacks hate getting pressure from the middle because there's nowhere to step up. Yeah, nowhere to step up. So once you have guys like Michael Pierce who's shown that he can collapse the pocket multiple times, not only in practice, but he also did it in the first preseason game against the Titans as well, had a pretty good rush. Uh, up the middle and Travis Jones we got a glimpse of him in the Titans game getting the sack on Malik Willis uh you mentioned him chasing Tyler Huntley up the sideline I mean that's a big dude coming from the middle of the line of scrimmage yeah and really moving up the sideline chasing after a mobile quarterback I mean that's something you love to see and I, I think that Travis Jones as he continues to get more and more comfortable uh at this NFL level He's going to get better and better, and I think it's just so good for him uh, to be on on this D-line with guys like Calais next to him and Justin Houston on the outside and things like that. Now, one thing that I'm kind of hoping happens with the with Travis Jones uh, hopefully being a, a nice spark to this defensive line is that maybe he will help Justin Matabike kind of maybe a, put a spark on the Justin Matabike to kind of take that next jump himself. I think Matt BK, everybody's kind of waiting for him to show something, at least in the pass rush department. He's really good as a run stopper, and he does his job, no doubt about it. He can eat up blocks, and he can beat some guys. But when you hear about him going to camps and working out with guys like Aaron Donald and stuff, you yeah. we see what Aaron Donald can do. And you want the best Justin in the game. Matt, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Justin Matt BK kind of has that same type of frame that Aaron Donald has. These are like, you know, they're, they're small, they're short for D linemen, but they're stout, they're strong, they're athletic. And uh, I think he has it in him. But sometimes I think we all need that motivation. We need right. somebody to kind of give us that nudge, whether it's just, and, that, and that's the beauty of competition, is, is that sometimes it'll be somebody that comes along and it's the new kid on the block and it's like all you hear is everybody praising this guy. You see him getting quarterback sacks. You see him making these plays where he's running up and down the sideline as a defensive tackle. And, you know, it, it could possibly get that, you know, like that spark on the Justin Matabike to, 
okay, let me try to show this young boy, you know, how it's really done. And, you know, I'm the vet here at this point. Doesn't matter, BK is a vet. And I, I'm, yeah, technically. I, I think he has it in him. Uh, and I'm just hoping that Travis Jones added to this defensive line will kind of hope, uh, will help push uh, Justin Matabike to kind of take that next step forward as a pass rusher himself. Real quick, I know that we love the interior line and what they could potentially do, but do you have any concerns about the outside? Uh, well, uh, uh, well, the outside, I'm looking at guys like Owe um, and, and Houston. I, I think Owe's had a, a pretty good camp. Yes, to, and to I love Owe. I, Houston, are we asking too much for a vet of his tenure, though? Well, I, I think with Houston, the tricky thing with the outside linebacker spot is that they've got David Ajabo kind of in the wings and also Tyus Bowser, you know, as right. well. Um, so these are two, I, I think with when it comes to them, it's kind of like the Calvary is coming. Um, so I don't really look at it too drastic right now with Houston because I think when it's all said and done, hopefully by the time we get to the end of the season, even if we're assuming David Ajabo won't play this year, let's take, we can even take him out of the equation. I think that they'll still be able to have a solid rotation once you throw uh, Bowser back into the mix and everything like that, that they'll be able to have a solid rotation to and, and Oway taking that next step as a pass rusher. It may take something off Houston's plate. We already touched on Travis Jones in the middle and, I think he will be able to help generate some pressure in the middle. I would also look for Michael Pierce to take that next step forward as rushing the passer from the middle too. We know he's a run stopper, uh, and I'm not saying he's going to be out there on third downs at all, um, but I do think that he can be a guy that kind of flashes uh, and collapse in the pockets at, at points. But, yeah, Justin Houston, I mean, I thought he was a consistent pass rusher last year. I don't know how much he has left in the tank at this point. Obviously, right. they think he has enough to, to be brought back, um, but – I think Justin Houston, when you watched him last year, I thought he definitely did. He was probably their most consistent guy, at least causing mayhem in the backfield. He didn't always complete the sacks, but, right. he, but he got, got that. He got there. the pressure. Yeah, you know, he got he got the pressures, and I, I think they're just uh, leaning on him to kind of be that veteran presence to help guys like Oway and you know and the other young boys uh, behind him. But also, he might have just enough juice in the tank just to give them what they need. Because I, I still think as a whole, when we talk about uh, this team generating a pass rush, I think a large part of it is going to come from them and their exotic blitzes. I think that this secondary is going to be a big part in creating pressure. We're going to see a lot of nickel blitzes. We're going to see a lot of safety blitzes, especially with guys like Kyle Hamilton right, right. Uh, as well. And even with the linebackers, guys like Patrick Queen and them, they're still going to be blitzing as well. So I, I think it'll be a total team effort when it's all said and done when we talk about this pass rush. So I think it'll help to answer your question uh, with Justin Houston and kind of lightening the load because I don't think they're looking for him to be a, a, a double-digit sack guy. I think we all know that those, those years are behind him, but I do think that he's still a player that could help this defense. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm a big fan of of getting it up front. You mentioned this earlier because quarterbacks can't step into the pocket. So interior um, pressure to me is more important than outside pressure. But, you know, so if they're good there, I think everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And, and we'll see how this goes. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive podcast feed. So every time we post, every time we have a new episode, yep. you will get 
the notification that it's time. It's time for a new one. So check us out. All right, finally, last one. Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. Raven's great because that's what I'm going to call him. I don't care what nobody got to say. Joe Flacco who, who, is Raven's who, great. Who would dispute that Joe Flacco is a Raven great? Hey man, you'd be surprised. Listen, it's funny. I'm gonna tell you the story. So, so uh I saw a conversation on Twitter about you know, because Flacco is potentially going to be the week one starter mm-hmm. um against obviously his Ravens, his his former team, the Ravens, as a jet. And I saw someone saying, you know, I love a Reed. He was one of my favorite players, but he came and played the Ravens twice, you know, as another player, and I mm. rooted against him. And I responded and saying that, well, I hope he played. I, I would like. I mean, I I'm, I would hope he plays well, but I hope they lose, right? Right. And man, I got killed, man. Just <laughs> saying, just even saying that I hope he plays well. I didn't say I wanted them to win. I don't right. want them to win. I want the Ravens to win. But I also want Joda to not stink real bad. And people were like, no, I hope he gets dragged to the ground. I hope he gets, you know, I hope they skull drag the Jets. I hope he has four interceptions. And oh, I was wow. like, wow, I didn't know. So I, I guess I'm the crazy one, right? So anyway, you know, he spoke out about, you know, playing against his old team. And he acknowledged mm-hmm. that, you know, he he would be lying if, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing this, of course. He'd be lying if, you know, he didn't say that it hasn't crossed his mind and, and that right. it was not a big deal to him, right? Um, and so, you know, it's just been interesting to see how Ravens fans have responded um, to Joe potentially being the opponent week one against uh, the Ravens and Lamar, who, you know, obviously he was Lamar's predecessor. Right. So I'm just curious to know your thoughts uh, on this situation. I, I didn't know that people were like, no, nah, he, he ain't here no more. Forget well, me. I'm like, dang, we want a Super Bowl with him. Y'all don't have no feelings about I him mean, anymore. Well, you, you know, when it comes to having an ear to the to the Ravens fans, I, I lean on you, you know, for that. <laughs> because you usually, usually however you feel about it is usually the way the majority of Ravens fans well, clearly I'm the, Clearly, I'm not in the majority. I, I'm, I'm kind I of surprised to hear this. I'm, I'm surprised to hear. Now, maybe, you know, I can understand, obviously, you know, Joe leaving Joe's last year playing for the Ravens wasn't pretty up no. until, you know, he got, I think he got hurt before Lamar ended up taking over. Yeah. It was uh, four and, and five and, before right. that bye week um, got hurt in the Steelers game right before right. the bye week. And then Lamar, we know the rest of the story. Lamar and he just never gave the keys line. back, you Correct. know, and, and, and if you look, uh, it's funny because Joe, ever, you know, he went to what, uh, where was Joe after after he went to the Ravens? I after, think I think it was the Jets, right? And then he went to Philly and the, oh Broncos. It was Broncos. Like, he got traded he to, to the Broncos. Yeah, he went to the Broncos. He was in Philly for a stint. You're right. And now he's with the Jets. And for a second time, forget, this is the second stint with the, the Jets. Second time with the Jets. And I'll never forget his comment uh, when he was out in Denver. When uh, uh, I forget the quarterback that that the Broncos drafted. It might have been Drew Locke or somebody at the time. Uh, but Joe's they yes, they asked, they asked him about you know helping the young guy come up. And Joe's like, hey, that ain't my job. You know, I'm 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 here to win football games. I'm not here to help bring along the young guy. And that couldn't help. And I could be wrong, but I I feel like what happened in Baltimore 
kind of left a bad taste in his mouth to the point where he's like, look, I'm not helping these young boys come take my job no more. You think I'm crazy? I'm out here trying to play myself. I'm not about to help somebody else come replace me. So uh, maybe in that sense, I don't know if it was because I do remember Joe was never truly happy about those plays. With the, you know, before Lamar was the guy, Lamar was getting put in, in a couple of gadget situations yeah, to yeah. start the season. Yeah, remember the one play that they had him lined outside and Joe just, just stood there. there. He ain't do a damn thing. <laughs> Y'all not going to have me yeah. play this. Yeah, crap, Joe, was, Joe wasn't crazy. I don't think Joe was necessarily <laughs> crazy about the Lamar hype. He said, uh, this ain't 2008. Y'all yeah. not going to have me run no wheel routes out nah. here. Troy Smith is long gone. I'm not right. doing none of this stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, but it, it is kind of surprising to hear that people aren't, I'm not going to say rooting for Joe, because obviously nobody wants the Jets to win. And then you just said you don't want them to win. Didn't uh, say that. You, you know, you want him to. You, you wouldn't mind Joe going out there and having a decent game, and the Jets still lose. That's losing. all I said. I I don't have a problem with that statement, but I guess you know, Ravens fans want to let it be known, like, hey, you know, we got our guy, and it's a, it's the it's the future versus the past, and they want Lamar to win that win that battle, and I'm I'm not upset at it. I will say this: Joe Flacco used to be a guy that I thought threw the best deep ball in the entire league. I thought he threw the most beautiful spirals that you have seen on a deep pass. And um, all of, after the Super Bowl year, Joe turned into check down Charlie. I, I, just for that one year, because 2014 told a different story. He, that was statistically his best year as a Raven because they added Steve Smith to the conversation. So right. don't do that. Don't no, do that. I, I'm talking about after the Steve Smith was there, he was there for the Super Bowl. He was not there for the Super Bowl. He was not. He did not come on to the roster until oh, yeah, 2014. Right. So 2013, after. yes, right. he became check down Charlie. Right. You want to know why? Because Anquan Bolden got traded for well, pop rocks and gone. socks to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. He had nobody but Tory well, out Joe there. Took, well, and, and also, Joe took a Joe took pretty much the entire payroll. Okay, I mean, so what? Joe so Joe took the payroll. He won a Super Bowl. You damn right. I'm taking the whole payroll. That's I'm your not, problem, I'm, I'm, not mine. I'm not mad at him for taking the payroll, but that comes with if you you know you got to pay people. You, if, 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 I have an argument for that. I know this is the past, guys. I know we're talking about the past, but I have an argument for that because you traded Anquan Bolden, and I believe in that same offseason you brought in Elvis Dumerville. So somebody lying. What do y'all young people say? Cap. <laughs> Somebody's capping. Yes. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I believe that there was more to the story mm -hmm. with Anquan and potentially Harbs and that they've since made peace because we know he's come back and been in the ring of honor. But I believe that there was more to that story and it was not about the money. That's all I'm saying. I just know Joe wasn't. How was you able to get Steve Smith? I mean, how? Joe, Joe wasn't year. aggressive with the ball no more. I know. I just know that until Joe Steve Smith came, Joe wasn't stretching the field. And even then, I mean, Joe. Lies. I don't know. I, every time I remember, I went to a Ravens game, and it was it had to be more than uh that's that year because I went to a Ravens game where the Skins came to town, and I'll never forget. It was a check down Charlie Fest. Because Kirk Cousins was checking down all Yeah, game, but by then I don't Joe think Steve was Smith was down. even playing. I think that was like 2016. That's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. So 2014 was statistically his best year. And okay. that had a lot to do with the fact that he had, in addition 
of Steve Smith, who really could, ex you know, extend the field along with Tory Smith, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that, you know, obviously we know how that went, right? right. Steve Smith eventually retired. Um, and then they started bringing dudes like Marlon Brown. I mean, it was a, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and so I, I hear you. I get it. I know that right after the Super Bowl, that, that following year, 2013, was not one of his best years. No. But I, I think a lot of that has to do with getting rid of his biggest target. So it's crazy to me, though, when I see people like, okay, I just want him to get skull drag. I just want him. And I'm like, wow, we, we won a Super Bowl with Joey Flack. I mean, you know, the man had 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Now, everybody knows that I am Lamar Jackson's godmother. So this is not me rooting for Joe Flacco in the sense that I want him to beat Lamar Jackson. Okay. I am not going to do that. However, I am not going to say I want him to stink it up or get hurt or any of that stuff. I want Joe to look, give Zach Wilson a run for his money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Give him a run for his money. Let everybody know you still got that deep ball that Cordell you mentioned he had, and, and, and he still has the prettiest. And apparently he's had really good practices. Yeah, that's what they're saying. He's done really well and has thrown the, thrown the ball, mm -hmm. you know, deep. Like and they, they got said. some receivers out there now. Yes, they he got, does. They got some receivers out they there. Do. This is not a game that the Ravens should sleep on. And, I and completely honest, agree. I, I think Joe is going to come out there and try to throw the ball all over the field if he if he can. I, yep. I honestly believe he's going to come out there and try to throw the ball for like 500 yards. If, if Absolutely. Um, he's definitely going to come to try to embarrass his yeah. former team. And know that's going to happen. The Ravens need to be on their P's and Q's because this isn't a game that they can afford to drop going out and losing that game to the Jets. I yep. mean, they've got their first five games. Are, are pretty tough. I mean, they play teams like the Bills and the and the Bengals, and they and they also tra travel uh, to Foxborough as well as having the Dolphins come to town in right. week two. So they they can't afford to drop that game against the Jets because I agree. Man, that 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 like I said, that first five game stretch is a tough one in itself. So you can't give away a game that you're supposed uh, to win. Uh, I'm using air quotes for those that can't see me. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I do, like I said, I do think that the Jets got a couple of solid receivers out there, some young guys that can run, especially as we went further into the season last year. The Jets offense started to pop uh, a little bit with some of those young guys that they have out there. So I know Joe can still swing a little bit, and he's going to try to. Granted, this Ravens secondary is expected to be one of the better secondaries in the league. Obviously, the pass rush is the biggest question on this defense, Joe isn't the mo most mobile guy. So it's not like <laughs> they're going to have to worry about really chasing right. him down. Uh, but I do look forward to this matchup. I mean, John Harbaugh was asked about it the other day, and he was pretty yes. coy on it. He didn't really give much of a response. But I think as we get closer and closer to week one, and this becomes more of a real realization that Joe is probably going to play, because I think at this point he is. Uh, yeah. Zach Wilson underwent his surgery on Tuesday, a successful surgery. Yeah, he had um, orthoscopic, uh, arthroscopic yeah, surgery. On, on his knee, sir, uh, a knee surgery. So I, I think that if you're the Jets, you have no reason to really rush I Zach agree. Wilson back out there, especially yep. if you have a guy in Joe Flacco, assuming he's looked as good in camp as, every, as the reports have said. And if not, even still, you've got a guy in Flacco that you can trust to go out there for a game or two. 
I agree. Um, and that's 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 more. I, I would rather that if I'm a Jets fan or anybody in Jets management, I would rather Joe go out there for the first week or two as opposed to risking uh, the future of Zach Wilson. But this week one game in New York, it's already September 11th. There's so much going on right now that emotion wise in that game with the band September 11th in New York already. But then when you add Joe starting that game against his former team in the Ravens, man, it, it, it really adds a whole nother dynamic that I truly believe that the Ravens are going to have to show up to play possibly their best game because it's going to be jumping out there in New York. I completely agree. So next practice um, will be the, the last open to the public practice uh, for the Ravens. So, you know, if you are able to make it out to Owings Mills, uh, congratulations, because you will be at the final practice yep. one Wednesday after that, which which tells you football season is getting real close, y'all. It's mm-hmm. very, very close. It's around the corner. We will be at the training camp, the very last day of training camp, um, getting you updates on uh, what's going on on the field. And we will be back for our second podcast of the week later on this week. So from Cordell, this is Rita Hubbard. And thank you guys for listening to Winning Drive.